Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. It's recovery, sort of. I'm Jason. I'm a guy in long-term recovery. And I'm Billy. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. And we're going to talk about Tradition 1, which sounds extremely boring, so stick with us because hopefully it won't be. (laughs) Tradition 1, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on NA unity. I think it's the shortest tradition, right, word-wise? Like The other ones seem long as hell. Why traditions? Why does it matter? Well, because it gives us something to talk about at least once a (laughs) month where we don't have to worry about coming up with a topic. But why else? Well, the steps help us apply spiritual principles in our lives, and the traditions help us apply spiritual principles in group or communal situations, I think, is the goal. Like, yeah, we can always live in tune with the steps, and that helps our side of the street, but I think the tradition's goal is to kind of help us learn the tools of living in a society as right. opposed and- to just us. And working with other people to achieve common goals, whether it's at work or, like say, in our community, or maybe if we're involved in a church religious organization. You know, we're going to have to deal with other people at some point in our lives. One of the basic principles we learn in our first step in recovery is that we, left to our own devices, make a mess of shit. And that we need the help of other people, the guidance of other people, the input of other people to help us along. At least in NA, I would assume in most of the other A programs, that opens us up to a whole world of people who not all of them are going to give you the best advice. And in fact, some of them are going to have some really terrible information. Right. (laughs) And, you know, there are ways we can navigate that and we learn those skills through the tradition. Yeah. So we talk about tradition one in the fellowship or the program as in our common welfare coming first, right? The common welfare being the goal of the group, the purpose of NA or AA or whatever A you're in, or maybe you're not an A, but the goal for NA specifically is to carry the message to the still suffering addict. And that is our only goal. And so whenever there's a difference of opinion, usually it can be settled by kind of reminding yourself, well, what's our purpose here, right? To help the still suffering addict. So do we need to argue about whether We're using group money to buy a cake for an anniversary. Is this affecting the primary purpose somehow? So a lot of times, just reminding ourselves that we do have a common purpose can be useful in deciding which way to proceed. And when it's not, when two people have different ideas about how to reach that primary purpose, I think it's easier to remember when we're on the side that gets outvoted that we're still working towards that goal, right? It might not be the way. I believe it, we needed to work towards it, but hopefully this other method that we voted on that won the group conscience is going to lead us to the same goal that I was hoping we would get. Right, and in our steps we learn about turning our will over to the powers greater than ourselves, mm. and sometimes that power greater than us is a group of people that voted the way 
opposite of what I think, you know, and yeah. I make a decision in this program that I'm going to turn my will and life over to that, Ugh. you know, a lot of times. And it's hard. It might not be what I want. It might not be what I agree with. You talk about surrender, surrendering yeah. and accepting that a higher power is a group of wrong people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah, it definitely is. And we've been in that situation before. And if you get involved in the service structure of any of these fellowships, so one of the amazing things about most of these A fellowships that doesn't get talked about a lot, at least in an area level, like in an area like this, people within our fellowship coordinate with the local treatment centers to get meetings in there. They coordinate different outreach things. They schedule and manage events when we have unity events or group events. And, you know, none of us are professionals at this. But we come together and we use these principles. Again, hopefully we're guided by this principle of, you know, hey, this is helping people stay clean, helping people recover. The structure of the traditions keep us sort of in line with what our common welfare. Not professional as in we don't know what we're doing and not professional as in we do not get paid for any of that. It's yes. all what we do because we believe in what we're doing. And also serves a purpose for us, too. It helps us to feel involved and connected and a part of and unity, part of the step, right? I think what I always seem to focus on this is that personal recovery depends on NA unity. The idea that if the fellowship didn't exist, I would have never been able to come in and find recovery, at least not that way. You know, I know now that there's some alternate methods. I didn't know that then. And if the fellowship were to fail or fall apart or fracture, I don't necessarily know that that means I won't recover because I found some other things that help my recovery, but it ruins a resource that a lot of people find and find help in. And so in order for us to continue to help the still suffering individual, we need to all be on the same page. Right. And maybe for some people, this is the only way that would work. Or maybe for some individuals, other things, they've tried everything else. I mean, we talk about, we've tried medicine, religion, psychiatry, obviously, We've spent some time in recovery now for a while, but someone knew without this fellowship, they might not know what to do or how to stay clean or they could not make it. So even if we could, it doesn't mean everyone could. So I think one of the easy things about this tradition for the 12-step group is that we know what our common purpose is. We have our one singular goal that is above all others of what we do, and that I think makes it easier to unite behind that idea. The idea of trying to take these traditions out into our lives and apply them in other groups or communities that we're a part of got my attention. And I was thinking about this. If you were to sit here and ask me today, in fact, I'll ask you. It makes it even better. What is the goal of your family? I would say I don't think we have specifically a goal. We do have common, what I would call values or guiding values that we right. try to live by. And Mostly thanks more to my wife probably than me. We talk about those things, you know, sometimes at dinner time. The idea that we are a family. We're like a little tribe and we have to help and support each other. We never leave each other behind. We don't turn our backs on each other. If someone is picking on one of the members of our family, we need to stand up for them, to help them, to guide them, those sorts of things. Well, that's better than anything I had if you'd asked me. <laughs> Well, again, I, I wish I could take more credit for that. I'm not as good at talking about that stuff as my wife right. is. So she's helped with that. No, I get it. And that's great. I just, I don't know. Like I think of goal, I, I guess that definitely fits in. When I think of goal, I'm trying to think of like, where are we going? What's our ultimate outcome that hmm. I'm hoping for? And I don't, I don't think NA's goal 
is really an outcome. It's to show up and help the still suffering addict. It really doesn't say what the outcome is. So I guess it doesn't have to be an outcome. I'm just, just that's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, where are we headed? What's our ultimate right. purpose and can we accomplish it? Well, I would say in that, I mean, I do have some goals. I guess once I get to a certain age, I got to let them free. Maybe not, but <laughs> I want my kids to be thoughtful, caring, loving people and go out into the world to like have the confidence to pursue their dreams, pursue their interests and have a meaningful life. Yeah, but that's your goals for them. That's not really mm-hmm. the goals for your fam. And that's where I get a little twisted up. So I think the reason that NA's overall general purpose and goal works is because everybody agrees on it. Like that's the highest commitment we could fulfill is to continue to carry this and give it to others because it was freely given to us. And so that benefits our common welfare. And we've learned that in carrying it, we are actually helped just as much. And, and I guess that's just where it gets weird when I start thinking about family. And even when I carry it further to community, I barely talk to my neighbors much less what I know that we all have a common goal. And then if I carry it to country and the United States and I'm like, fuck is the point of our country? (laughs) Honestly, like I know we aspire to something, democracy or freedom, or I I don't really know completely, but like, what is the point of our country? What is its goal? And I don't know, that got me a lot to thinking about like, that seems like why we don't have unity. Not only do we not know if we only have one singular goal, we don't even know if we have a goal at all. Do do you have a goal for the United States? I mean, I guess my goal for my community, which depending on what circle I'm traveling in, could expand out to the entire country. But my goal in my community, I guess in the spirit of what I would call like powerlessness and step one stuff is like I can only control my actions and my deeds and what I want. So I can't convince anyone else what their goal for the community needs to be. So I'm going to give that statement now. Right. But for me, when I go out into my community, I want to be loving and kind and have a good relationship with my neighbors. Whether I know them or not, maybe I run into them the first time tomorrow. I've lived in the same place for over a year, but maybe I run into a neighbor tomorrow. It's the first time I met them. I still want to be loving, kind, and caring towards that neighbor. I want my community to be a place that's safe. I want it to be a place that People take pride in their community, take pride in the things around them. And we don't live in like trash and shitty neighborhood. They're descriptors. Yeah. They're, they're like descriptors, but I feel like you could put those descriptors on any NA home group too. You could say, oh, well, we want to clean up the alley behind the meeting because it looks funky. And we want to mop the floor in the meeting because we've dirtied it up and contributed to that. And we want nobody to hurt each other here. We want to keep it safe. And I, I guess... I feel like that common purpose really keeps us more unified, even though, I mean, there's still some disunity, obviously, but I just don't feel like people have a purpose in their groups anymore. Well, they may not, but I feel like, and I don't want this to sound too arrogant, but I feel like that's part of my responsibility is to lead by example, to step up and show the way. And and as a person that's trying to live a spiritual life, like in my community. Like I go out when there's trash out on the street in front of my house, I pick it all up. You know what I mean? Almost every day I go out, you know, I come home from work. I walk around out front, pick up all the trash out in my yard. My part is keeping my side of the street clean. You know what I mean? Like I go out and I clean up my area. When I see my neighbors, I say, Hey, how are you? How's it going? And I don't live in the best neighborhood. There's 
not always the nicest people. We have prostitutes walk up and down the street. They're super we have nice. Homeless people that walk up and down the street. You know, it's a I guess main thoroughfare. For They're some nice of them. too. Yeah. Oh, and that's just it. Like I don't look my nose down upon them. I don't give them shit. You know, I say, hey, how's it going? You know, how are you? And sometimes they grunt at me and sometimes they say hi. And there's a few of them now that kind of know who I am. And, you know, my wife and I put a bench out front because we have one of our neighbors decided they like a lot of signs in their yard that say shit like don't sit on our wall and stay (laughs) off our property and don't park in my driveway. Like they have like three or four different signs out there because they hate the fucking neighborhood. And all the neighbors think that they're assholes, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like that's the relationship they've decided to take with the community. But I don't, I mean, I don't know what you should call common welfare in that case, but their values aren't my values, and it's not up to me to go change their mind to make them be different. I can just be different on my side. So we put a bench. Those are things that I try to do to be the example of what, I'm supposed to do like if I just sit around and look at what everyone else isn't doing or what they should do or what I feel like they should do that's serving the opposite purpose of unity instead I'll focus on what I can do I I guess that leads me to the question I've always assumed the traditions were something that the groups acted on together whereas from your description it seems like you're coming from a place of the traditions are ways that groups can act individually in the group to make it work and i've just never looked at them that way i've never looked at the traditions as like something i personally need to do it's what we need to do all at the same time and so while i I think you are acting in the common welfare of your community and i think that's beautiful i don't know that that really promotes unity or, or keeps your community united because if it's only you doing it and the other 99 people out of 100 in your community all want you to fuck off their property and get off my bench and my wall, they're actually all acting for the common welfare of what they want together, whereas you're not. Does that make sense? Like I thought it was kind of, we had to come together as a group and decide we were going to act on these traditions. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess you would have to have some sort of agreed upon common welfare, but I guess that gets back to like my optimism as human beings. I tend to think most people most people, not going to say all, but most people, they're not trying to go out and like infringe upon other people's rights and make other people miserable and wreck other people's lives. Most people want to live their life and be free to do what they want and, you know, enjoy their time with their kids and their family and all this other shit. I think people get lost along the way of who's to blame for their problems. And, you know, we, like we get misguided on what our values should be. But I think in general, if you ask most people, do you hate your neighbors and do you want to be rude to them and unkind to them and tell them to fuck off? Like, I don't think people live that way. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with that. I don't know. Maybe I'm that guy. Maybe I, maybe that's why I think everybody else is. Cause yeah. I'm, thinking, I don't know if I like like... Say, I, I'm not saying people don't because that, I, I mean, that seems sure to be like at least from neighbors. talking to my neighbors, that seems to be the way they are. And they're that way with me. I mean, I get along with them well. I've tried to help them with a few projects and shit. Right. They still constantly have complaints, like our trees fucking dropping sticks in their yard, and will we cut down this tree, and will we fix our fence, and they just always have something to complain about. But to me, it's like, okay, that, that's like the example of how I don't want to be, but I don't think they represent most people, you know? I don't, at least in my little street, because we walk our dog around the street, so especially in the summertime, we live in a poorer community, 
so a lot of people don't have air conditioners. So in the summertime, there's a lot of people sitting outside, and I've had a chance just to chat with most of them. Almost all of them are friendly and nice, and they want to pet the dogs, and their kids come up and pet the dogs. And, you know, if they feel like people that are like, hey, people that are decent and kind, right. how refreshing. Like, that's what I like to think our common welfare is, <laughs> you know. What is, and that's what I think maybe where we're getting lost nowadays in, in 2021 is that I don't generally think we have a common welfare anymore. Throughout history, the common welfare has been, we need to fucking pull together to survive, right? right. Like death is around the corner, whether it's going to be a evil plague or we're going to get wiped out by a neighboring country or anything. Maybe we'll just fucking not have enough food or a potato famine, like a world war. There's always death around the corner. We need to survive. And now we don't have any reason to come together. Like life's so simple and set. You walk to the store and buy your food and it's there and you don't need people. Is common welfare the same as common goals? I don't necessarily think they're the same. So I think common welfare to me represents how do we make things better? How do we improve things? How do we move in a positive direction? Yeah, no, I would agree. Common welfare to me, I'm thinking, you know, for the good of us, not just so much a common goal but just what is best for the common good. But I think that's where our differing opinions come in nowadays because we don't have a very obvious, you know, we've talked about before Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like right. when you're worried about staying alive, that's the common good. That's what we're all concerned <laughs> right. about. Let's just fucking stay alive. Once you've kind of met some of that, once you've met, okay, well, we're probably going to be alive tomorrow, right? Nothing's going to probably kill us randomly. Most likely we're going to have food probably all going to have shelter for the most part. And of course you have these communities and, and it's unfortunate that we all don't have food and shelter. There are people who don't have these, but the general majority of the population have these things, right? We're clothed. Well, now we start getting down into where our needs are, they're wants now, right? We're, they're not needs anymore. We've got our needs met. And so there's no more common agreed upon welfare. Now there's a lot of things that could be good for us and we might live next to each other, but you're idea of what the neighborhood really needs might be very different from my idea of the next thing we need to spend money on in our community. And that's where I think we start losing unity. We don't have, life's too fucking good for us. Life's so good for us. We have enough needs met that now we're down to nitpicking wants. And I decide my wants are more important than your wants of which direction we need to go. And now we don't like each other. And we each got different presidential signs in our front yard hating each other. And that's where it goes off the rails. So what I learned about, you know, is character defects is, you know, when we talk about character defects in step six and seven, like character defects are assets that are overblown. So if I take my values and my morals to the point of self-righteousness to start telling other people that they're wrong now because you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Mm. And that because obviously my values of whatever, caring for the homeless outweigh your values of caring for the stray drug dogs. addicts yeah, oh. or stray dogs, whatever, you know, <laughs> that you're wrong and that you're stupid, you know, and that that's where it goes off the rails. Like at that point of my self-righteousness or ego, minimalizing other people's values is where we get lost. I'm going to go with an NA example. We'll use a recovery example and then hopefully you'll follow where I'm going with this. So if you go into a meeting and you're sitting in a meeting and some guy, newcomer guy, the three to five years, got everything figured out, knows how it's all supposed to work, yeah. 
tell everybody what they're supposed to do. Yeah. That guy. You know, and he starts spouting out something to the effect of, well, if you're on methadone, you don't belong here, and you need to get the fuck out of here, and you're using, and you need to pick up a white key tag. You're not clean, and this isn't the place for you, and narcotics are not, you know, all the shit that I've probably said at points in my life. Oh, I mean, man. I've been that guy, so I'm not trying to down anybody. But in your life now, how would you approach that situation? How would you deal with that? Do you feel a responsibility to go talk to him about it? Do you not? Do you? I would really hope somebody in the home group would tell him that's an outside issue and to shut the fuck up. Well, they don't. Okay. Where I was going with that, just so you kind of follow, is like, so let's say I'm out in a restaurant and I hear some crazy person ranting about some crazy political thing I don't agree with. Like, is that now my responsibility to go correct him and fix him and set him straight? Are you or? saying you wouldn't say anything to the guy in the meeting? No, I probably wouldn't. Really? Now, I may try to talk to them after the meeting mm. or catch up with it. I mean, we've had specifically that happen in my own group. So, But that's not the guy that I'm worried about. It's the guy that's hearing him. So while I'm pulling up the guy who spouted that dumbass shit during the meeting, the guy who heard him and is offended is leaving to go die because he's never going to come back to N.A. That's the common welfare guy that I got to worry about, which is why I need to cut that motherfucker off now while he's talking and let it be known to the group for our common welfare. That information is not right. If it's not that specific yeah. saying, have I mean, I'm sure at this point you've heard people say some like crazy, bizarre shit that either yes. has a complete outside issue, whether it's about religion or MAT, whatever. And again, as trying to be in alignment with our common values, what is my responsibility or what should I do in that situation? My goal is usually uh, uh, what I want to do is cross share <laughs> <laughs> directly after them and contradict all that bullshit. But I try to respect that we don't cross-share generally. And I just try to share something contradictory that doesn't mention their share at all, but that is just completely what I believe that NA is afterwards. Just to, you know, hey, that's one opinion, and here's opinion number two, the right one. Uh, <laughs> we're kind people, and we love you. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> but I do feel a responsibility. I would do that if I had no intention of sharing at that meeting. I could have been sitting there thinking, I will never share at this motherfucking meeting. And then that happens, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I guess I got it. Yeah. I feel a responsibility because it's our common welfare. It's for everybody. I need to look out for everybody. But you try to do it in a way that's not contradictory. I mean, you said you try yeah. not to point that person out. So because you, I don't want to alienate them either. Right. You know, and, and I would agree. That's probably something similar to what I would do. For me, though, those values have come as a result of step work and recovery. Like, there was a point in my life and even sometimes still now on the wrong day, where I will say, like, that's fucking stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? You need to educate yourself and learn and hear some resources yeah. and you need to go fucking read. But what I've found is that's not in alignment with my values. For me, uh, maybe it is for other people, but for me, that's not in alignment with my values. If I can approach this person in a loving, caring, compassionate way and talk to them about that, I feel like I have more of a chance of influencing them than if I just start yelling at them and telling them how wrong they are because I know more than them. And Yeah, I, I've heard this sentiment from you and, and others, and, and I don't disagree, right? I don't disagree. I don't think you reach people telling them they're wrong, arguing. I really don't even think people, honestly, in 2021, I don't think people even surrender to losing debates. Like, I, I really don't. I just don't think we learn anything anymore. I think we're right. all in this closed-minded bubble to some extent where, 
I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how. Basically, I mean, they've done studies on this. You can't convince people of other things other than what they want to believe. Now, that doesn't mean that people don't change over time and adapt and learn some new things, but it's such a weird process of how it happens. And generally, the first step in doing it, the most useful thing is to put them on the spot and show them that they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Honestly, like that's step one because we all overestimate our own intelligence. And so- Oof. Do you read Facebook? Most people miss the whole point of being pointed out that they're wrong oh and just God, ran onto something else. No, I agree. <laughs> Sheeple! Right. Um, no, <laughs> I get it, right? But I, I think the thing is, like, if somebody says, hey, what they're about to do with this policy says this, the goal of the research, what they found was most effective was to say, oh, explain the policy to me. Because the more they get into it and don't understand it, and you call them on not understanding it, they start to question themselves. And then once they question themselves, there's room for more knowledge. But until people question it, there's not. And I generally think that's just where we're at. People don't fucking change their mind. And I would say there is a major key point there when you say, oh, can you explain the policy to me? What you're saying to people is, hey, you have an opinion, and I'd like to hear it. And maybe you have a nefarious motivation for doing that because you think that you can let them talk themselves into a corner. But what someone hears is, hey, here's a person that wants to hear me out, that wants to hear my ideas, that wants to hear what I have to say. And that is inviting and opening to people. It's not saying, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to go back and read <sighs> blah, 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 and pointing out that they're wrong. But they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that may be true. And, and then I think of another, like another recovery example is, Again, you've been involved in area service meetings. That's for those that don't know. These are where we do like our business meetings where we discuss policies and how we handle some of the issues outside of the specific individual meetings. I'm sure you've been to some service meetings that have kind of, for lack of a better word, like turned into like a shit show of people mm -hmm. like arguing and, and yelling and debating shit heatedly where it gets kind of ugly. Yeah. So what is the person you want to be in that situation or what is... What do you feel your responsibility in those situations are? Who I want to be in my <laughs> fantasy world, I stand up and I, I spout this useful, rational, loving heart, emotional speech that everybody's just like, holy fuck. What are we doing? Why? Are we, what, <laughs> right. what were we thinking? This guy's got it all figured out. And, and then I become Jesus and everyone follows me. Yeah. <laughs> And we fish for men or something. But I, I would know. think most of the time that speech goes something along touching on common values, common goals, our common welfare, yeah, um, yeah. not pointing out the flaws of one side or the other. No. Not Right. But you know what happens at the end of it? Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> not a soul. I've done it. I've given this great, impassioned understanding of the fucking outside view of the dilemma, and nobody gives a flying fuck. Nobody changes. They go right back to arguing. So agreed. And this is in our conversation the other day. This that is one is of the pointless. things I forgot to say. No, it's not pointless because do you really believe in your spirit that if you had joined a side or started arguing one point or the other or started cussing out the people that you thought were wrong and then you sort of won the argument, would you feel better about yourself because that's the way you acted or is trying to be the person that promotes peace and unity and coming together for the common good. Is that more in line with the values that you want to have? We can't look at the outcomes. So this is not to get too far off, but or to cut you off from <laughs> the being outcomes able to talk. the same. 
That's the problem. The outcome is out of our control. That's yeah. that's outside of us. We can only control our behavior and our actions and live in accordance with our values. Whether we ever achieve unity is not the point of working towards unity. This episode has been brought to you by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org and consider donating to our cause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Those are real situations that we've had to deal with in our lives. Like the, we, you and I have been mm-hmm. in those situations and we try to sort of learn from trial and error. All right. Well, in some cases, I was the guy that was on one of the sides of those argument and I felt passionately about what I thought and I had some values that I thought were really important and I was voted down, told I was <sighs> wrong. I didn't <sighs> win. You know, I was on the losing side. I was. And... <laughs> In those cases, in this spirit of unity, I said, well, you know what? N.A., I believe in N.A., I believe in the fellowship, I believe in the program, so I'm going to keep walking this path and just trust that it's a power greater than me that I'm just turn my will and my life over to I don't fucking get my way all the time. Yeah, and I mean, that's exactly what I've done in those situations. I, I think maybe what I just need to acknowledge right now in my life is I need to pick the fucking sixth step up and look at my character defects because that's where I'm at, not touching it. And realize that I still hold on to wanting to be fucking right. Like, I've done a lot of work on it. It's a lot better. It's a lot tamer. But there is part of me that just does not. I want people to fucking realize how right I am still. And I'm like, God, I don't want to own that. But it really, really looks like it's true when I keep looking at it. And I do, too. And for a couple reasons, you know, I have to take a look at how committed I am to certain things that I feel passionately about in my heart. So I have been around addiction and being involved in the stuff with voices and seeing like the suffering in our immediate community here in Cecil County and seeing the suffering of, of addicts, the lack of treatment, the lack of resources. Like it, it gets me angry, it gets me mad. And then I know some of our local politicians who poo-poo on addiction. They'll go to the policy forums or the public events and say how addiction's our number one priority. And then they'll say, and we need to arrest our way out of this and give more money to the cops. <laughs> that's not exactly what they say, but that's yeah. almost a sentiment. And I get pretty angry. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how many more years do we got to do this till we realize it doesn't work? And then I start to think, all right, I feel passionately about it. What can I do? I mean, I envision in my head, like you said, at area service, a lot of times I envision in my head, like, I'm going to go to one of the county council meetings and I'm going to use my three minutes of time to give this impassioned speech to tell them 
you know, how immoral they are and how they call themselves Christian, but let they don't live according to Christian values. And I'm not even a Christian, and I live closer to these values mm-hmm. than you do. And, Preach. You know, that shit. I'll yeah. listen. And, right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's going to work. And, you know. <laughs> yep, that's going to fall real flat. And, yeah, so I think it's more practical for me to get involved with my local community with Mm. local people try to have conversations try to just be an example of the kind of person i want to be because some of these people are my family members i mean these are people that i'm Mm -hmm. related to or close to i mean my family's tied into some local political people and it's hard you know because you want to build a bridge to kind of get them to sort of see you know, hey, look at it this way. <laughs> Try to influence their thinking a little bit this way. Right. And for me, like say that the way to do that is not by telling them how immoral and how wrong they are and pointing out their lack of Christian values that they claim to profess. Like that's what I want to say, but I don't think that's going to work. Let's just beat them into submission. <laughs> Disown family right. shit. I don't know. But again, those are things that I learned through N.A. Like I learned in N.A. I can come in and give the most impassioned argument i can come in and speak as much truth as i feel is right in my heart i can still feel in my heart that i'm 100 percent right and still not get my way yeah and learning to just trust like man that sucks <laughs> it's hard to trust at a country level we talk communities dude i'm not in touch with my community period mm-hmm. i don't know nothing about my community i barely know the name of it like that's where it's at really i'm I don't know. I just think the world's gotten big. I think it's separated. We've got our needs met. And now we're to a point where we struggle to have unity because we all got different ideas about what's the next most important thing to take care of. A lot of people think it's one thing. A lot of people think it's something else. A lot of people think it's something else. And we're all sure we're right. Like, I am absolutely so sure that my priorities for what's next to take care of in the United States are the best ones. And you can't convince me otherwise. I know my vision is skewed. I'm a biased motherfucker, right? There's no doubt in my mind. We all are, but we've all got our ideas of what the next right thing to do is, and we all are so sure that that's the right way, and that's the way we should proceed. And it's like, I think that's hindering all our unity and all our common welfare. You could take it down to just the family level. Fuck the country. Let's stay away from the politics. Take it down to the family level. If I went home tonight and I actually sat down and decided to make a list, of the goal and purpose and common welfare of my family. And then I came up with a list and I'm like, this looks pretty good, right? But I can't decide what's best for my family. The family needs to decide what's best for my family. So then I tell everybody else their assignment. Okay, everybody's got to write down, you know, your goals, purpose, and common welfare for this family. I guarantee you everybody's looks different than mine. So how do we operate in unity? Can we find some common pieces? Yeah, But how do we operate in unity when we all got different purposes for that unit? I don't go to N.A. Well, I mean, I might go to N.A. and meet girls, but (laughs) (laughs) that's not the ultimate highest purpose, right? If I had to choose one night between getting some butt and helping a newcomer stay clean another day, I'll fucking cry the whole time I'm helping that newcomer stay clean another day. I have my singular highest purpose there, and I feel like everybody kind of does. And without that, I just feel like that really greatly affects our ability to have unity. Okay, well, two things. First, with the getting tail or helping the newcomer, would you say through your entire time in recovery, that's always been the case? Fuck no. (laughs) Okay. So, and that almost proves my point, is that 
yeah, people are going to be wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're going to be misinformed and they're going to have poor information and they're going to be uneducated. All those are realities of, of life. So not everyone has all the information that we have. And then we don't even have all the information that we're going to have five years from now to know that our opinion might be fucking completely different five years from now. Don't tell me old people are the way to go because I don't believe many of them either. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that either. I'm just saying <laughs> in five years from now, there's a chance that on a lot of these issues that I'm majorly passionate about that I have a different take or a different opinion. And I can't say today that I'm 100% sure that I'm 100% right. You know, yeah, I just, no, I just and I, I agree. I, I have a jaded view. The other thing in our first tradition, one of the I read through it just looking at the reading, and one of the major things I took out of it was that in a section they talk about unity isn't being about always in agreement all the time. We're going to have conflicts and differences of opinions and those sorts of things. And what it says in there is that we learn to disagree without being, being disagreeable. disagreeable. Mm, like and that, that is the part you know, that I'm striving for now in my life. There's a guy at work that has a completely different political view than me and loves to talk about it, rants about it to anyone he can corner in the, in the warehouse or in the shop, or if he catches you out by the dumpster, man, you're fucked. You're 25 minutes into a political rant that you probably just want to get away from. Right. But I've known him long enough, and I don't get heated and offended. And he's the complete opposite of me. And I just throw out a few things here and there to what I hope is plant seeds of doubt in his head, but I don't try to like convince him of anything. I don't try to tell him how misinformed he is, and he is very misinformed, <laughs> you know, and that's a result of recovery. You know what I mean? It's a result mm. of, I don't think he's right. Yeah. I think he's very misinformed. He lives in a, what do they call that, like the bubble of influence where he's only listening to one set of information with run limited you know source of input and it's not good and and what he says most people i can say with certainty that everyone else at our work also thinks that he's crazy so i'm this isn't like a he's pretty normal and i'm picking on him right everyone at work knows like this fucking guy is out there but you know i don't need to go in and spend all my time convincing him how wrong he is but what if it was me as a friend, as a close friend, we're close friends. See, like this guy's not close to you. No. You, you can just ignore him and he goes the fuck home and whatever. That guy's nuts. You can laugh about him. Right. We're close friends and I come in here one day talking some wild shit. Yeah. So I have that with my relatives. I mean, most of my relatives, especially my wife's family, they're all very opposite values and things of us. From your description, it doesn't seem like you're super tight with these people, though. What if this was like your best friend? That just came to you one day. Y'all have this great relationship. Like, and, and for me, I'm saying that oh. because I would like be scared to lose them as a friend because if they're fucking nuts, I can't be around that crazy yeah. shit. I would feel like it's my job to kind of talk some reality into that. I only seem to be friends with people that have shared values with me. You know what I mean? Like, And that comes from like almost what I'll call a recovery lesson is, is like I tend to look for people that are living by values and principles that I think are important in their lives. If I have friends that are doing a bunch of shady shit that I don't agree with, I probably slowly start to back away from that friend group. I try to talk you know? my wife into and, moving to New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to live in a country that's about what I believe. Yeah. And I tend to end up surrounding myself with 
people that have shared values. I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying, and the truth right. is I don't really know because I've never had a really close friend that has really extreme values mm. because of the situation I've put myself in in my life. I don't, I don't know, other than family members. And you're right, we're not incredibly close, so these aren't people that I have to talk to all the time or, or whatever. But even on things, you know, you and I disagree about or have differences of opinions about, like, I still don't feel a need to try to change your mind. I mean, obviously, I'd feel like I got to score a point somewhere if I did, <laughs> but I, I'm not, like, that's, that's not funny. my goal. Like, my goal isn't like, yeah, I got to change Jason's mind. <laughs> hmm. Mine might be. I might be trying to change your mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure somewhere everyone wants to feel validated and wants right. to feel like what they say is correct. I mean, nobody wants to feel like you're wrong. <laughs> so going back to the idea that everybody in my family is going to have a different common goal or common welfare idea or main purpose for our family. You know, my daughters, their whole point of the family might be somebody to stay connected to as they go out and venture into the world and grow older and bring their kids back to see my idea of the family might be people to take care of me when I get old. I don't know. Right. Like all these differing opinions. I'm starting to wonder, maybe the common welfare factor comes in and the unity factor comes in with the sense that it's more important for us to keep that family together than any issue that can come up between us. Kind of like you said, we can disagree without being disagreeable. That's a lofty goal because I'm a fucking disagreeable right. dude. But we can disagree and no matter, I don't want to say how ugly it gets, we know ultimately there's a point where it's like, you know what? Yeah, we don't agree on this, but this unit and our cohesiveness, our common welfare together is just more important than you and I not agreeing to this. And, and maybe it's between me and my wife and there's times when I'm like, you know what? I just don't give a fuck at this point. Like, I no, I don't agree with what you're going to do, but do it. And this family's more important. It's not going to make me leave. I'm not going anywhere. So I might as well just get the fuck over it and stop this argument. That makes sense for NA. We have a primary purpose, a goal that is above everything else. And as long as we keep agreeing with that, we keep unity, right? We keep the common welfare. If everybody stopped agreeing with that, they leave the fucking program or, or the program splits or whatever. Through recovery, through one of the, what they call the concepts of service is about like consensus-based decision-making and coming to a consensus, not, you know, necessarily getting into this place of where we just, here's two sides. Now we vote, whatever the outcome is, that's what we do. Like, we're sort of coming around and think, well, maybe that's not the best way to solve problems. Maybe mm. a better way to solve problems is to keep talking about these things. Yeah. Like you said, to hash through some of our differences to to see, like, hey, is that decision really based in something important or is it based in some misinformation? And so with our values, with our families and our kids, I mean, we might all have different ones, but the spirit of unity, like we'll sit down and talk about those. So maybe my kids is, yeah, I want, you know, I think we need to have a bunch of money so that I can have a fucking new, whatever the latest Xbox is or whatever, you know, I want an Oculus 2 or mm -hmm. whatever. You know, maybe that's his value because right. he's 12. You know, yeah. what the fuck? He doesn't know. He just thinks money should be our value. Dumbass 12-year-olds. Yeah, and of course, obviously, I'm like, well, that's stupid. But if I treat him that way, if I say, well, that's dumb, that's not our value, and just dismiss it without, like, saying, hey, well, let's let's talk about some of the good things about that and some of the bad things about that, you know? Is it more important for you that 
daddy works seven days a week or that I show up for baseball games. And, you know, I mean, how, how much money are we out? talking here? Because yeah, right. I might be on board with that value too. <laughs> I may move in. But the idea is, in a spirit of unity, I would want to talk to each person about what their values are. And maybe we do have some different ones, but we can, like I said, probably find a couple that are agreed upon, and then maybe those are the values. They're not necessarily what I think they should be. Maybe I have five, and maybe we only have a consensus on three. Mm. So am I okay with saying, well, these three are our values, and these other two things that I think are important, they're only important to me. And I have to keep that in mind, that that's not the common welfare of our family. I'm just wondering if, like, Tradition 1 only works as long as the institution is needed or wanted or desired. Like, I guess I just feel like at some point, if we decide that our common welfare isn't important, then really what we're deciding is we just don't want to be here anymore. Whether that's a family system breaking up or England or Britain or whatever you want to call it decided it didn't want to be part of the Eastern Union anymore, right? The European Union. It just said the common welfare is not working for us. We want to separate. So I, I guess the idea is tradition one works as long as every party that's a part of the group is still willing to put in the effort and decide that the group is more important than any singular piece of it at any point in time. The group's purpose is the ultimate goal. The common welfare is the most important thing. And as soon as a piece of it decides it's not, that's the end of it. If a family decides it's not, then they split up. True, but does that mean I want to give up all my values because someone else gave up first? No, and I, I don't know that you necessarily have to give up that. I don't know that anybody in that scenario has to give up values. It's just a decision by at least one party that says our common welfare is not more important than me anymore. Nobody says that's wrong, right? Nobody's saying that that's terrible. It's just this isn't working for me. I don't want to be a part of this group anymore. And I think that's when groups stop working. I think as long as you can keep the members cohesive to, we are working towards this group being more important than any one of us. It's the we before me. It's our common welfare first. I, I think that's what keeps groups together. I agree that I mean, from the country perspective or any group perspective, I guess you'd have to decide, like, are we stronger together or are we stronger apart? In the spirit of you know, when N.A. was founded, it started with, you know, some drug addicts were going to some A.A. meetings yeah. and the people in those meetings didn't like them in there talking about drugs. They yeah. said, we're not about drugs. We're about alcohol. We don't know. We don't want to hear your fucking stories of shooting right. dope and all that shit. That's not what we do here. But what I would call a spirit of unity, <laughs> some members decided to help those members go start their own thing. So they did break off. They did start a new thing. But the new thing started with the help of some of those other members. You know what I mean? Like, so it was still a breaking apart of something, you know, it was like, <laughs> Hey, look, this maybe isn't the place for you, but we can help you start a place that is yours. It was definitely some angry alcoholics. Like get the fuck out. I don't care if you take the traditions and the steps, just leave. I'm sure they were there, yeah. but which one of those people do I want to be me personally in my life? No, I got you, but yeah. it took both. Because without that uncomfortability, the people never would have left. If they were just made to feel comfortable by everybody, if there wasn't the pushback, we'd still be in AA. We'd be AA members, and that would be fucking sad. Maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, AA. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I, I think it takes the, the pushback for one to say, eh, you probably don't belong here. That feels almost like saying spiritual principles don't always work. No, it's saying that God's will happens no matter what people foul up. 
Or that spiritual principles aren't always the best solution. No, it's that everything will work for good no matter what the fuck your intention is. But I don't think I can use that as an excuse to act like a shitty person. Oh, I, it's, <laughs> not an ex, it's not an excuse for me. It's not an excuse for me. But if I get pissed off at a meeting and get a resentment and take a coffee pot and start a meeting across the street, that meeting can still prosper even though I had the worst intentions. My intentions were to put the fucking original meeting out of business because they pissed me off. But then we could have two prosperous ass meetings on that night. Like, there's no saying just because something is done with ill will that it turns out bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I don't think just yeah. because something started with bad yeah, intentions. Everything, everything turns out good. It's all fucking roses. If five of my family members in my household decided that money was more important than anything else to them, like you were talking, right? And I started seeing behaviors in them that were like, hey, we're going to you know, step on people to get raises at work and advancement at work, and we're going to treat people poorly. You know, We're going to sell people bad, shitty business deals to make money off of them and scam people and stuff. Like, At some point, if that's just who they were and who they became, I'm going to step out of that family. Like That common welfare is no longer going to be the most important thing to me. I need to leave this because you guys are not on the same page as me anymore. I love my family. I think we're really important and things don't come above us right now. But if that's the direction they go, I don't have any interest in that. The things that are more important to me would outweigh that at that point. My values outweigh the common welfare from that. I can't buy into a common welfare that's that deviated from what I believe. So for me, personally, I mean, when we get into common welfare, you could get into unity maybe. But to get into common welfare, it's like for the good of things like how are we making things better how are we improving so if the other people are acting in ways not in accordance to the common welfare i don't know that that means i don't have to anymore either and i guess so where i think immediately and and i don't know maybe this will trigger a different thought or give me a different way of looking at it but i think all right what would happen if one of my kids got heavily into drugs and started fucking stealing from me, lying to me all the time, not coming home when they're supposed to, stealing my car, all the shit I did to my parents. Right. You know, all the shit I did to my parents. Right. And creating chaos. Am I getting arrested? Fuck, call me to come bail them out of jail. How do I want to deal with that? You know, and, and I don't know. That's where it gets hard. It's like sometimes we do have to parse through these things of like, I, I don't exactly know what I would do in that situation. Well, that's one. That's one family member. And yeah, they're they're in a twisted mental health crisis situation where, you know, yeah, I hope the rest of the family pulls together in common welfare and we do our best to navigate that however we decide to do it. I'm saying to me, uh, yeah, I assume common welfare is for the good and advancement of it. But common means agreed upon by most people generally, right? So if the common welfare of more than half of my family became about money, and not about spiritual principles or values, and not about treating people well, and became more about self-serving stuff, that becomes the common welfare. They believe that's what's for the best for them. And I just can't get behind that. I mean, I... I yeah. I mean, I guess you're, you're right. You'd have to decide. You'd have to figure out what point for you is the tipping point between my influence is no longer... Yeah. There comes a point know, where my values My safety and my... Yeah. yeah the my, common welfare. Yeah. And that's when things break. So for tradition one in your life, Common welfare comes first. As long as everybody's working towards betterment of the group, the society, the people around you, 
that's when we can practice unity. And when that stops working, then maybe we need to reevaluate if we need to be a cohesive unit anymore. Yeah, and maybe it's important to look at our different areas of our lives and like really kind of identify what our common values are, or at least what they should be, you know, whether it's at work, like I'm a, you know, I'm a supervisor at work. I decided we started a monthly service meeting where all the service guys get together. And I was doing that to try to promote unity for one, because we have different little departments, you know, there's a service department, there's an install department and they don't always talk to each other or interact Mm -hmm. with each other. And then slowly there starts to become this, almost divide of like, oh, well, the fucking service guys, you know, they go out all day and they're hanging out at Wawa half the day. And if they're not busy, they get to go to the fucking hardware store and hang out. Nobody keeps track of where they are. Mm. And then the install guys, you know, the service guys say about them, oh, they get done their jobs at one o'clock and then they go the fuck home and they're still (laughs) on the clock and they get paid for a whole day. It's like everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other side and you know, the other side's got it better and they're different. They're not us anymore. We got night shift first day shift at my job. Yeah. (laughs) So I started bringing in, you know, I was like, all right, now we have a meeting and we have donuts and we talk about what's Mm. going on and any problems. And like, I hear the bitching from all the sides and I try to come up with a really passive way of bringing up these differences. Like, no. And, and identify what our common values are what our common welfare is hey we're all here working together we want to make money for the company that's number one we're a business in our case it is money it's about money we're here to make money that's what we do (laughs) if we don't we all can go to fuck home and not get paychecks anymore so money is a value there and it's an important one right but we also have some other values too we're fair we treat people with respect we treat their homes with respect you know we we value our customers like those are things that go along with the money thing where we can achieve a common unity. And it's important that we got to sit down and talk about those things, you know, so that we are all in agreement. Like, oh, yeah, we talked about this. We know what these values are. And like you said, doing that with my family, like that's an important thing to do. It's yeah. important to identify, like, what are our common goals? How do we help each other? How do we support each other? I'm going to go home and ask my family what their primary purpose is. Yeah. What is your primary purpose? <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> well, and there's little nuancey differences between some of these words that gets difficult. You know, yeah, common yeah. welfare and then unity. And just real quick, we'll wrap it up. But like we had talked about, is, is unity a principle or is that a result of principles? And, you know, I've been back and forth now. I think unity is a principle. I can go into things with unity as a driver, as a... in the spirit of unity. Yep, acting in the spirit of unity, and that'll work in accordance with my spiritual principles, you know, honesty, humility, acceptance, open-mindedness. Right. You know, I need those things, too, to achieve this spirit of unity. So do that. Go home, ask your families what their common goal and common purpose is. Find that stuff out. Ask yourself what your common goal for your family and common purpose is. I have no idea. I got to think more about that. Yeah. Traditions matter. They can help be the ties that bind us together. Mm. So as long as we think that the group's purpose is more important than our singular wants and needs, we can remain functional and united. That's all I got. If you want to hear the other episode that we decided we weren't releasing on here, I'm going to release that on the other podcast at some point once I get done editing it. So it'll be out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good week. Share this podcast with people in your life who might enjoy it. Check out recoverysortof.com to find our episodes and link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're always looking for new and interesting ideas for topics, sort of. 
If you have any ideas for episodes or think you have something to come on and talk about, reach out to us. <laughs>